Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So the doctors give up. They're like, uh, fuck it, he's an immigrant. My lunch break is at one. They might as well unpack lunches onto his corpse and make small <laughs> So I says to her, I says, look, if we're going to watch a Killing Eve together, then you need to wait for me. Don't watch well, no, it. I'll, watch, watch, I'll go back and watch the I same episode. I don't want you to go back and watch the same episode. I want to experience e- it together. That's irritating to me. <laughs> Anyways, I want to watch it together. All right, fine. <laughs> God awful movies. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema so that you don't have to. That's right. We have watched 192 Christian movies, all so that the atheist... Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, if anything deserves applause... And of course, in addition to just liking to make fun of terrible things, this also serves a purpose. We want the atheist world to know what's in these movies, and we want to be able we want you to be able to do that without having to watch Kevin Sorbo try to act. <laughs> and of course, I am No Illusions, and also joining me today will be my good friend from Stage Left. Please give a warm round of applause for Heath Enright. <laughs> All right, there is no way that's enough scotch to get you through this movie. That is a good point. That is a very good point. Okay, all right. (laughs) Now, of course, normally this would be the part of the show where I introduce my bad friend, Eli Bosnick, who you know and love. But instead, today we have a very special guest. Please give a lukewarm welcome to the one, the only... Ray Comfort! (laughs) That's right, atheists, it's me! Ray Comfort! Your ultimate enemy, who you all are very aware of who I am! With your nightmare! The banana! Okay, I... I have to know, what the hell is it with you and bananas? Oh, well, you see, it's because it's shaped... No, no, I don't mean that one. I mean that one right there. I was, um... I was keeping that one warm for Kirk Cameron. (laughs) Are you a good person? Out of curiosity, how long is your wife going to let you keep that mustache? Zero seconds after this show is over. <laughs> Anna's got a razor right now. She, was, she says, you're going to shave that off during intermission. He says, uh, we said, there's not going to be an intermission. She says, there will be an intermission. If a third of the way through the show, a woman runs up and starts to shave my face, just <laughs> let it happen. Yeah. 
All right, so without further ado, tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched Thoughts, Prayers, and Doctors, <laughs> also known as Breakthrough. It's the story of God killing a child and then being like, mm, you know what? Control Z. <laughs> This time, this time, it's undo the right thing. <laughs> yeah. And Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love Jesus and you hate all the children that God doesn't save, you will love this movie. <laughs> it's Schindler's List, except the guy with the sniper rifle's the good guy. Well, and he misses once. He misses, misses once. once. Yeah. yeah, when the lady yeah. makes it. <laughs> All right, so Schindler's List. He has a Schindler's List joke minimum, actually, at live shows. Apologies. Should have warned you about that, too. Okay, so is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I'm going to say best worst antagonist, which I think is medicine. Yes, it is. Just all, I, th I think the bad guy is medicine. Yeah. It's pretty rough. So I was going to go with best worst bitch. And I know that sounds bad. That sounds bad. But like the script makes it very obvious in this movie. It's, it's based on a true story. And the script makes it very obvious that the woman that it's based on is a horrible, horrible person that everyone hates. Except they got this spectacularly charming and empathetic actress to play her. Oh, she's the best. Oh, yeah. She, she's took awesome. me out of it so much. Right. But, but then the script requires that she's a horrible person. So everyone keeps walking up to this incredibly nice person and saying, stop being a bitch. And then she has to be like, yes, I am kind of a bitch. You know? Do you mind not telling my son as he lies in front of you that he's going to die and there's no hope for him? Fuck you! <laughs> the movie. <laughs> Uh, I was going to go with best worst God. Now, look, a lot of you out there, as you watch this movie or hear about this movie, you're probably going to think to yourself, Eli, you're so handsome. And that's true. I am. But you're also going to think, isn't this just a happy story about a family who saw a miraculous recovery? And that's because, unlike you, we looked up how many children under the age of 11 die every single Day, minute, and hour. Now, this movie is two hours long, which means that 2,250 children died while we watched this movie and didn't get saved by God. And that's, now that's obviously a very hard number to visualize. So we brought visual aids to represent Christians. We have dum-dums. So that would be, that would be a great job getting these all cut there. Wait, there's more. Hold on. Wait, we've got this. We've got this. There we go. Wait. And we're almost there. We're almost there. Hold yeah. on. Dead kids aren't going to fit. There we go. Oh, is there more? Oh, okay. Yeah, one more. One. Gotcha. So that would be about this many. So this. <laughs> Wait, this there's more. is about one quarter of the amount of dead children that took place while we watch this movie. So if at any point you feel sad or bad for the characters or the actors or the message of this movie, have a dum-dum. And just remember, this is a dead child right here. 
We're going to leave these up. We'll leave these right here. We got the dum-dums right at the front. Well, the good news is that they're now, they now represent dead kids, which means that atheists can eat them. Hold on, there's more. (laughs) Guys, there are like five more bags of dum-dums back here. And that's a quarter. This bit is is not going to last another four minutes. (laughs) You're good for the rest of the show, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Three years ago when we started this show, Heath sat at the first meeting and he was like, this is all a con for dum-dums. All right, then. I get to keep those behind. Yeah, no, those ones are yours. These ones we can give to the audience. All right, the good news is there will be snacks. But right now, considering how much bullshit we've got to get our way through, uh, we're going to have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll dive into all the frigid waters of Breakthrough. From the makers of Breakthrough. Something bad happened to my son. Comes the story. Forgive me, doctor, but I believe in a little thing called the power of prayer. That's way more common and that they don't want you to hear about. And he's dead. Well, fuck a duck. (laughs) This summer, very much broken. So, Mexican food? Yeah, absolutely. Love Mexican food. Nice. Sweet. (laughs) All right, so we're back for the breakdown. Now, this movie just came out. So we actually had to go see this one in theaters. I landed on Wednesday night, went immediately with the, uh, to the theater with Heath to go see this thing, uh, which means that we got to mingle with actual Christians in their natural environment. Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, this movie opens with the cast coming on and thank us, thanking us for watching. They're like, the, the, the actual cast of the movie comes up before the movie starts and goes, wow, we didn't expect anyone to be here. Whoa. <laughs> Thanks. They're just excited. They're, they, all they can talk about is how much fun they had. They're like, we know it's a, it's a bad movie, but we just, they had craft services. And there was, we could go to the truck and get anything we wanted. Please don't leave. <laughs> Please. And that included Steph Curry, the executive producer and basketball player. Yeah, Steph Curry was the EP on this. Yep. And it was like it was like Steph Curry product placement. It was so (laughs) like a bartender might as well like slid Steph Curry like pulled him out of an ice tub, slid him down a bar (laughs) to somebody like Kachak, Steph Curry. Yeah, so dumb. All right, so uh, this so this movie opens. It tries to open artsy. It's about a kid who drowns and then comes back to life. So we open on a kid in basketball shorts. He's soaking wet. He isn't struggling. I can tell Eli's loving this movie already. <laughs> that laugh was divided exactly among people who know our shows and people <laughs> yes! who are going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking out of the theater, they laid dum-dums on the tall one, and then the little one said something about a wet boy. Uh-uh, I got to meet... <laughs> I just wanted to meet Matt Dillahunty, and they all got it weird. <laughs> they said it was a comedy night, and they didn't smash no watermelons. <laughs> we'll, sm- we'll smash a banana for you before it's all over. 
All right, and then also, by the way, this comes up and says, based on a true story, the words true and story should have had asterisks and didn't. Um, this is based on an annoying woman yelling at someone until they're like, fine, I'll make your fucking movie. <laughs> and we get to see a, a dead child just floating in water. That's like the first, that's yeah. the cold open. It's very cold open. Yeah. And... And it's, uh, it, it was like the Nirvana cover, the, no, yeah. the Nevermind cover. Right, with a 14-year-old. But like yeah. a sequel to that. Just like <laughs> still reaching for that dollar. <laughs> yeah, like a dead kid reaching for a dollar sums up this movie perfectly, actually. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much it. All right, so we're going to open up this movie meeting John Smith. Uh, John is a 14-year-old boy who wakes up with basketball on his mind. We will learn that that is the only thing that will ever be on his mind. What writer's room were they in where everything... Like, this kid goes down to breakfast, he pours a basketball out of his cereal box, <laughs> pours a basketball that should be milk onto the basketball, starts to eat it with a basketball instead of a spoon. <laughs> this is Christian exposition. Yes. All right, and like every family in the history of Christian movies, we meet this one at breakfast. Um, Dad has a phone holster. <laughs> Dad is the personification of fo phone holster. And by the way, we're under a minute at this point. We've seen one American flag already uh -huh. and two cell phone holsters. Well, and yeah. one person standing in the Jesus Christ pose doing this. Yeah. yeah, all in the first minute. They're fast. And, okay, so Dad and John, the main character, are going to talk basketball as though Eli were writing a skit and had to Google stuff, right? Like, it almost sounds like the proper nouns were added in post. Hey, son, are you excited for the shooting? <laughs> oh, yeah, Dad, I can't wait to see Michael... Buble. Nope. <laughs> Next guy. Also, we should point out, I, I guess we didn't mention the opening song yet. The opening. Here's. Hey, you don't watch our show. You don't listen to our show. Hey, what's it like to be Eli, Heath and Noah? I'll tell you. They cut hot damn from Uptown Funk. Yes. Yes. Keep it up. with this fire, man. Hot darn. Nope, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Just the echoey silence of a woman who yelled at them for the word damn. <laughs> they didn't want to bring down the wrath of the Dove Family Review yes, Board. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're watching pleated pants and cell phone holsters, and they were like, what should we, what would be the good music for that? Umtown Funk? Yeah. The yeah, right. Bruno Mars. <laughs> what could speak? Yeah. What could say suburban white family better? Yeah. So they sit down for breakfast. Um, the dad and the son are just going to eat right away without even saying a magic spell. But mom ain't going to have any of that shit. She says the most passive aggressive <laughs> grace in the history of film. Boys, can we pray? Dear Lord, fuck my husband and son right in the face. <laughs> right in the fucking face, Lord. Right in the face. I hope they fall and they, like, sit on their nuts when they go to sit down. <laughs> but just for a little bit, like, not Mr. Belvedere sit on their nuts, just like that moment where you're like, oh, I was on my nuts, and then you're in pain. <laughs> and I hope a woman asks them what's wrong so they have to lie about it and say their <laughs> stomach hurts, Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat some fucking <laughs> yeah. eggs. Let's do this. <laughs> so they finish breakfast. Uh, Mom is going to drive uh, John to school, but John's listening to his headphones. He's not paying any attention to mom. Classic teenager. <laughs> I so, wanted her to pull the headphones out, and it was just, it's like, it's Matt Dillahunty yelling at somebody. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What is that? <gasps> I'm just listening. He's telling me to shut up and stop interrupting him. I don't know what I did. <laughs> the episode is six months old. <laughs> he knows my name. I'm an expert in ancient Greek. Fuck. All right, so they drop him off at school. We have to have the, oh, hug your mom bit or whatever, because we have to keep reestablishing that mom is better than everyone else in this script, mm-hmm. right? So she drops him off at school. She's friends with his friends because she's a cool mom. And then we go through, like, the whole morning at school rigmarole, and this is really just kind of an establishing shot, more or less, except that it's been 25 years since I've been in high school, and I had to go through it and go, like, oh, God, yeah, I remember all that shit. It's, there's so many crazy things that, first of all, I want to talk about the Martin Luther King name drop that happens at the beginning of this movie. So they're doing morning announcements. And for no reason, the movie grinds to a halt while the secretary is like, uh, just a reminder, Martin Luther King Day is coming up. We celebrate that here in St. Louis, Missouri, even though you may have heard otherwise. They might as well have turned to the only black girl in class and been like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and I, I should point out, by the way, this school. <laughs> stop, stop doing the fist The bump. school in this movie is whiter than y'all, okay? So, and I love, there is the one, the one black girl student, and they can't get through the whole damn movie without making her an amazing singer. No, they can't. We'll get to it. Yeah. <gasps> And they're doing the uh, family tree. Yeah, the oral, the oral family history reports. Yes, right. And the people who made this movie thought they nailed race relations in America, right here, <laughs> didn't they? And it's rough. They're like white people, for example, uh, Kimberly equals Mayflower. We white people brought the laws of Moses to America <laughs> for the God of the universe. Uh, sorry, equally important, um, Shayla. Black people like Shayla equals. Jazz music. Jazz music. We are not making that no. up. During the family history report, they turn to the only African-American girl in class. They pause. You see them go, Sleigh. jazz music, everybody. <laughs> if she had pulled out a saxophone and just been like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, right. Boop, boop. I'm getting a sad card for this. Boop, 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 boop. No, the... The, the title of the assignment might as well have been All Lives Matter, yeah. yeah. Sorry, one last story about my family history and the great time they had with the wonderful Christian people here in Missouri. Stop, cut, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he's in school. Then we cut over to mom, who I guess works at a church or just won't leave. They never really established this because, like, the employees of the church are like, are you here again? But we all know that lady, right? We know the lady who never worked at your church but was just always there. She was like, hi, haven't seen you in a while. I was here yesterday. <laughs> Do you live here? So, yeah. So, now, her name is Joy. She's played by Chrissy Metz, uh, who you might know from, uh, what's the show she's on? This Is Us. This Is Us. Yeah. 
Um, so they were daring us to make uh, jokes about her weight. We're not going. We're to. not we're gonna. Way classier. Nice than I try, got. movie. Oh, make fun of Chrissy Mess. She's a gem. She's a talented gem. That's all I have to say about her. And it's now. a real shame because if she was a little thinner, she could be in any movie she wants. But no, she has to be in this piece of shit. As good an actor as she is. So yeah, so she's she's holding women's Christian book club meeting. And I love this line because they needed her to be saying something when Topher Grace's character walks in the room. So he says, she says, I read this book. It says that you should pray boldly. What does it mean to y'all to pray boldly? And quick before they have to actually tackle the fact that that's absolute nonsense, Topher Grace walks in and says, I'm in the scene now. I wanted a woman to answer that so badly and be like, actually, I do have an answer. Hurrah! 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 Is it that? <laughs> no? Okay. That's how I pray. <laughs> and I always get what I pray for. Next time you miss prayer, just walk over to whatever you want and make that noise. 50-50 shot, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a date, yeah. Then it's 70-30. Because <laughs> we're in Kentucky. Am I right? No, you're not. We're not in Kentucky, dude. We're in Kentucky. You're not fooling anybody, Cincinnati. You know it. Woo! Pacoo, 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 pacoo! Pacoo! All right. So now, um, again, for those of you who aren't familiar with our show, we should tell you one of the things that happens over and over again when you watch 200, 192 Christian movies is you see all the actors that you loved from old TV shows and you go, oh. <laughs> so this time it was Topher Grace from that 70s show. Now, I'll be honest, I don't feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for Chrissy Metz. Topher Grace can go fuck himself. Right? He was on a show with Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher and he's going, no, I'm the talent. I'll be in movies. No. No. But he will play the hip pastor in this film. Like, like as a bad guy. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. 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 The bad guy in this movie is hair gel. Like, secondary <laughs> villain is Topher Grace's hair gel. Yeah. And how much this mom hates it. And if, in case you're thinking to yourself, wait, 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 these guys must be miscommunicating. The plot of this movie at the beginning is not that she doesn't like the new minister because he has a modern haircut. You're wrong! You should have listened to our podcast! That's what the movie's about for an hour. It literally is. It literally is that he's a hip, cool pastor that wants to do rock and roll, and she's an old-fashioned Christian. Yep. He's like, all right, Bible nerds, I'm going to go look at a fossil and campaign for Mayor Pete. <laughs> and he leaves. Mayor Pete, right? Yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah... More applause than he normally gets in his home state. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now another trope of Christian moviedom that we've become very familiar with is what we call bad sportsing. This movie, I have to say, had probably the best sportsing in the history of Christian cinema. This was amazing. They played a good 30 seconds of basketball. Nobody got physically injured nope. trying to do it. They, like, made some baskets without edits. Yep. It didn't devolve into, like, terrified improv of, like, sporting motions that don't exist. It's, nobody hit anything with a bat. It was amazing. Hopscotch. Yeah. Oh, okay. right, you got this. Basketball. Um, what, what do you? No. All right. Just do baseball. Just, what? 
<laughs> Are you balancing something on your football? Can you do football? <laughs> Are you naked? <laughs> you know what? Naked swimming football. We're going to end it on that. That's perfect. All right. Perfect. All right. <laughs> no, that bit will kill on the podcast, though, guys. That's just for you. Oh, how was AA con? Got to see naked swimming football. Boom! <laughs> you guys want to see a backflip? Ready? Watch. I, I have a little side note I want to do when we get to the movie in a second. So I, I did that joke at our first ever live show. And I was like, you know, it would be really funny. I should learn how to do a backflip so that someday I can make that joke and actually do a backflip. And then no one will know. It'll be so funny. It's a great idea. So I went to a local gymnastics parlor. What do they call those? And I went to the Boy, do we know how this is going to end. And I went to the lady, and I was like, hi, I know you're busy teaching children. Would you like to stop and teach a man who looks like me how to do a backflip? And she was like, do you have all the money in the world? And I was like, I don't. And she was like, all right, then you're literally never going to be able to do a backflip. <laughs> Except I totally learned it. <laughs> Rod Serling, everybody. <laughs> Twilight Zone? Come on. So you are, I just want to say you're actually the only one of the three of us that can't do a backflip. So, um, do a backflip. I, I will do. Heath? <laughs> he always does that when we record the podcast. Usually he doesn't get as good a reaction. I have never been more scared than I was just now. <laughs> How was AA con? A guy died. A 38-year-old man died. But he cried for so long. 37. He did. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we were talking Aging about me. a movie. So he gets home from... Nope, 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 nope. He doesn't get home yet. All right. So because before he gets home... He falls into the ice. And then he's just fine. Thank you, Eli. <laughs> now tell us more Credits. stories about you at the gym. All right. So, but okay, so they do some, some basketball. We meet the bully kid who will serve no function in this movie whatsoever. And then the coach has to talk to John. John is a very good basketball player, but he's never going to make it to the NBA if he doesn't finish his oral family history report. The key to getting into the NBA? Good behavior. <laughs> Let's be honest. But yeah, but what we're establishing here is John's all messed up. Nobody can get through to him. Not even perpetually angry coach. Then he heads home. This is the part Eli was trying to skip ahead to. And he's working on his assignment, his family history report. Mom has to come in and ask him a bunch of questions. Like, how is school? How's, how's basketball practice, et cetera? And he just keeps going, fine. Fine. And I'm like, oh my God, the mystery at the heart of this motion picture is what does a 14-year-old boy really mean when he says fine? Yeah. And by the way, this movie gets it wrong because <laughs> yes. he now has a flashback to being a sad little boy who's sad that he's adopted. Yep. Which means this crazy woman who wrote this movie was like, y'all, I got to be honest with you. When my 14-year-old son was sharp with me, 
I realized then and there he was sad he was adopted, yo. <laughs> I really want to hit that home during the movie. Can we do that? <laughs> and John must have just been in the room being like, no, I was a 14-year-old. Yeah, sad he was adopted. <laughs> Nobody loved him. All alone in the world. Orphan. Orphan. John, tell him how you was an orphan. <laughs> All right. So wait, wait, no, but they double down on this, right? Right after establishing this, then we go on. The very next scene is him at school doing his oral family history report. I'm plowing through. I don't care what you guys are doing over there. I'm plowing through. You ruined the woman. We're about to so make he up. gives he gives his report. And he says, you know, I was, I'm from Guatemala and my mother didn't love me and nobody loved me until a white savior came along. Now, <laughs> I want to point out, though, I want to point out, this kid was adopted on or around 2000 by a Christian couple on a mission from Guatemala. The odds that he was kidnapped are nine out of ten. Right? That he was stolen by the government or whatever and paid for. Pretty high. But anyway, is he comes out to give his report. He says, I'm complex and brooding. And then he sits down. <laughs> Most of my family got killed by ancient Mormons who showed up in a submarine. Okay, that's enough, John. That's enough. Cut it. Orphan. <laughs> Sorry, that was a note from your mom. I had to read it to you. <laughs> All right, but now that we've established that he's adopted twice, uh, we now move on. We go to church, but it's cool church. Right, so they've got their big musical guest. I'm sure if I was a, if Seth Andrews was here, he could tell me what band this was. Oh, this was uh, Jazzman and the Mayflowers, I think. (laughs) (laughs) This band, look, you shouldn't go see this movie, but you should see this band. You remember when your dad went through his third divorce and he started a band with that guy he met at the gym and the plumber? That's this band. You just pictured him. That's them. But it's amazing because it's like rock and roll, Jesus. So the whole time, Chrissy Metz's character is just sitting there angry over the rock and roll. We get, we get a really long close-up of mom's face. So we're getting the rock and roll, but then a rapper oh my God. starts rapping. That's Jazzman. He's the lead man. Jazzman yeah. in the Mayflowers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he starts rapping. And then we get like, like an eight-minute close-up of Chrissy Metz just being... Like, racist Vis- in her head. Yes. Silently racist in her head. Yes, so visibly long. thinking the N-word. Yes. Yeah. The, the movie will confirm this later. We're not exaggerating. Yeah. No, yeah. right, right. She eventually admits as much. Do you love sitting next to your dad when Barack Obama is on TV? Then you will love this movie. <laughs> so, so the band plays their song, and we sit through all 11 fucking minutes of it for you. And then Topher Grace takes the pulpit, thank you, for his sermon. Um, and he's a cool pastor, so it's based on something, you know, that the kids are into. The Bachelor. <laughs> and this could not be more loosely tied to Jesus. Oh he's God. like, how many of you watch The Bachelor? Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> I got it. It's fine. It's fine. Do you want this? No, I got it. We got to play another song? <laughs> Orphan. Jesus. <laughs> is like The Bachelor because he wants a hand job in the hot tub. <laughs> Do another song. Do another song. <laughs> Shayla, everybody. I'm, 
I'm literally trying my best. I'm writing in my notes as I'm watching this. I'm trying to translate this. I'm like, Jesus is like one of the ladies on The Bachelor, and we're like The Bachelor because Jesus wants us to fuck him. I don't know. (laughs) I really don't. Um, But he gives this little bachelor sermon, and then on the way out, right, like he's doing the whole thing where they thank everybody for coming, and he's got his whole family there, and he's like, hey, look how white we are, 1.7 children, it's great. And then, like, uh, John, the the, the main character kid, walks through, and he's, you know, he's being broody and complex, as he is wont to do, but... Topher Grace breaks uh, breaks him down a little bit. He's like, yeah, this kid's pretty good at basketball. I hear he's lit. Hate crime. <laughs> that line was a hate crime. The first four takes were him trying to use the N-word with John and him being like, no, man, nope. cut again. My. Sorry. Orphan. No. <laughs> My orphan. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so now we cut to a basketball game and not a moment too soon, um, and John is playing some basketball. He's, he's good, but he's greedy, right? He won't pass the ball. Yeah, right, right. That's the important Indeed. thing that we take away. And he wouldn't pass the ball to the racist kid from earlier. The bully kid that called the him bully, essay. Yeah, the bully yeah. kid who called him a slur. So, like, it was like the coach getting mad at this point, being like, Cooperate with the racist when we tell you this movie is. Yeah. yeah. Also, St. Louis. <laughs> or they'll ra- shoot you. Yeah, you get it. You it get gets it. worse. He sees the racist kid from earlier, doesn't pass to him. There's a teammate in a hood, he doesn't pass to him. <laughs> he turns, and there's just Mitch McConnell standing there wide open. Oh, it's stuck in your neck. (laughs) (laughs) Mitch McConnell breaks the backboard, hangs off of it, two eye on everyone. All right, so... (laughs) Yeah, no, this this visual humor is killing it on the podcast, man. Keep it going. They should have been here. All right, so... That's true. That's true. All right, so, so John's leaving. He's, he's mean to his coach. He's mean to his parents. He's going over to his buddies. And honestly, they're playing this kid as such a dick. I'm rooting for the ice at this point. <laughs> he, calls his, he calls his dad Brian. Oh, that is right. If I called my father Jeff, he'd be in jail right now for whatever happened next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just pulling a hidden toothpick out of a bagel he was about to hand me. <laughs> I am going to slowly pass this through your tongue. (laughs) Don't make noise. I'm starting over. (laughs) I'll fucking do it. I look like Hellraiser by the end of it. (laughs) All right. So he goes over to his buddy's house for a sleepover. And wouldn't you know it? They're all talking about how nice it is to have birth parents that love them. This is the most forced conversation. Oh, my God. It's so good. Hey, dude, this video game's pretty good. But you know what's better than PlayStation 2? What's that? Having parents. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, my My biological parents, biological orphan, uh, wanted me so much. They, what? Oh, look at this picture of them wanting me, like, right away. Like, bi- <laughs> biological parents right away wanted me, right in this picture. I just loved being common to a lady who likes me. Right? <laughs> now you talk, orphan. <laughs> That's always how we kick things over to Noah, by the way. It just works for this movie. <laughs> Normally, I cut it out, yeah. 
All right, so they have some fun in their sleepover. Then they go out to, like, have some have a good time. And this is how terrible these child actors are. They need a montage of 14-year-olds just being 14-year-olds. <laughs> they fuck it up, like, four times. So when you were 14, did you ever do a uh, snow basketball parkour interpretive dance <laughs> montage? That's what I did. Strangely enough, no. That's what they do. So, yeah, so they're running around having some fun. Then one kid comes up with a great idea. He's like, hey, let's jump up and down on the ice. And everybody's like, yay, ice jumping. <laughs> and they test the ice yes. at this point. This is the best. They, they, they pick up a rock, maybe this big. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it's absolutely good. Yeah, the same yeah, as they the hold us. Perfect. Jump on the ice. So, yeah, so they go running around on the ice, and then there's, like, there's a guy in a restaurant, right, that sees him on the ice. He runs out, and he's like, hey, kids, get off the ice. And they're, and they're like, or what? And he's like, or act one will end. What the hell do you think? And so, sure enough, all three of them fall through the ice. But John. Yeah. Yeah, right. Ooh. Yep. Who could have seen that coming? Mysterious ways. <laughs> This happened to me in real life, by the way, so maybe it's not mysterious. I don't know. Maybe happened to me, knew. too. Yeah. Um, but what didn't happen to me is that as I was struggling my way out of the ice, none of my friends kicked me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. This. Well, what's so good? What's so good is the kid's supposed to, like, accidentally kick him as he's climbing out of the ice, but the kid's terrible, so the kid's like... <laughs> oh. All this right. movie is way too racially charged for that moment. Let me tell you right yes. now. A, a third of my notes for the rest of this movie is, when is that kid going to admit to have done the hate crime? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, by the way, getting kicked, I don't know if you guys know, uh, are there any scientists out there? They can confirm this. A couple of scientists. I saw some hands. So confirm this or not. Um, when you get kicked in the face, uh, your density increases sharply. <laughs> You become plutonium. <laughs> Just for, yeah, okay. That's the right agreed. to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, right. So he he sinks. Uh, so then the first responders spring into action. The, the the dispatchers like, hey, we've got three kids that crashed through the ice. One of them's Mexican, and this is St. Louis, so don't shoot him. Okay. Are, are they main characters, or are they just... Well, well one of them is a main character. Yeah, no, we better get the hell out. Is he Jewish, or...? No, he's... Well, he's an orphan. All right, which type of orphan? <laughs> We're on the way. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> They're just sitting there in the truck. Okay, let's go get it. <laughs> we need a wall. So, all right, so the fire... It's a caravan of these orphans. <laughs> So the fire truck pulls up, and the guys get out. And I'm sure this is a thing that they actually use for finding people that have broken through the ice, but it's really weird if you're not familiar with it. Is it? It's a harpoon. I asked a firefighter today. We found a firefighter today, and we were like, what is that stick? And he was like, I have no That's, idea. <laughs> we definitely do not harpoon children as part of our job. No. That's what we were I told. feel like anything with a sharp point would be a bad find-the-kid device. <laughs> right? Maybe I'm crazy. No, 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 you don't understand. Kids are magnets, so we got a big magnet on the end of this very sharp stick. Right. And we just sit above the water, stabbing. I wanted them to pull up the wrong kid, like... I... Ah! Are you John? No, all right, sorry, we're going to throw you back if you're not, if you're not John. Sorry, we we're here for John. We have a catch and release policy. 
Korean barbecue, nice. All right, so... Wait. You dunk it in the salt water. Thank you. Thank you. You, sir, are the racist. You are. <laughs> you made that a Korean child. I was making a food joke. Shame on him. So... All right, so one of the two uh, firefighters, played, by the way, by Luke Cage. Luke Cage! That's right. Very MCU. depressing. Um, so, uh, so he's like, they're looking for the kid. They can't find him. And then he hears a voice that says, go back. And he thinks it's the fire chief. And he's like, yeah, okay, chief. And he goes again. Now, of course, this is going to turn out later to be God, which means that God, like what, showed up late and went, fuck. Oh, did you? Oh, no, Sarah, that I was kid. supposed to. I was supposed to get him earlier. Harpoon the area you haven't harpooned yet. Okay, um, hey, buddy, go back. <laughs> you know, not front. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I loved you in Luke Cage, by the way. I feel like the second season kind of fell apart, but it that did. was really, because they knew the You're show. You're overdoing was, it. Okay, You're overdoing so. it. <laughs> You're a deity. Right. So they pull, they pull John up out of the ice. They're CPR and I'm like crazy. Mom gets the call, right? She's, they're like, hey, your kid fell through the ice. You better get out of the hospital. So she drives out of her driveway like she's jealous that he gets to be the one in the hospital. <laughs> right? She's just driving around going like, if my kid's dying, so's everyone else. <laughs> she causes an accident. A bunch of people drive into the lake. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, well, thoughts and prayers. Okay, bye. <laughs> no, they've got harpoons. It'll be fine. Drive back. <laughs> and we should point out, because we know there are some medical professionals here tonight, they do not do CPR on John. They get to second base with John. For the listening audience at home, Eli's getting to second base with himself. <laughs> Tremolo style. <laughs> that was a thumbs up on the hair pull. Yeah, the hair pull. Noted. One third of the audience was like, that guy gets it. And the other two thirds were like, well, that was crazy. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I don't, I don't want that at all. All right. So mom is, mom's got her prayer. She's heading to the hospital as fast as she can. Meanwhile, the doctors are doing all their hocus pocus bullshit. Not going to be enough. Um, so the doctors give up. They're like, uh, fuck it. He's an immigrant. My lunch break is at one. They might as well unpack lunches onto his corpse and make small talk. So I says to her, I says, look, if we're going to watch a Killing Eve together, then you need to wait for me. Don't watch well, no, it. I'll, watch, watch, I'll go back and watch the same episode. I don't want episode. you to go back and watch the same episode. I want to experience e it together. That's irritating. <laughs> Anyways, I want to watch it together. All right, fine. <laughs> you going to so, finish that? So mom runs in. finish that. And they have this spectacular, like, semi-racist moment where she's like, I'm here for John Smith. And they're like, yeah, we're waiting on his uh, mom to show up. And she's like, I am his mom. And they're like, oh, we were right. Right. Because dad is Mexican. I'm his mom. Are you? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, soy su madre. <laughs> is, shit. Uh, estoy? Is it Sarah or Star? Is it? Yo. 
You'll need to get it right, ma'am. You'll need to get it right. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Sarah, final answer? Uh, I wish my son was in a library. Bibliotheca, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's fine. I don't need you. All right, so the doctor comes to see mom. He's like, hey, your kid's dead. And she's like, what do you mean dead? He's like, no, I'll show you. Come on. So they, <laughs> so they bring her back. But the doctor has this amazing moment where he's like, he basically just goes, Hey, I'm bringing back to mom. Try to act like you're still doing doctor shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Orderly's just like sweeping off the course. Yeah. S- stabbing IVs in and out of him. In and- oh, yep, medicine. <laughs> pushing a sandwich into his mouth. Oh, look at him. He loves it. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Dancing. He's so- choking me. He's choking me. I'm just kidding. He's dead. Yeah, <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so the doctors, keep your hands to yourself, so the doctor says, hey, your kid's dead, we did everything we could, take as long as you want to say goodbye, and then the mom has this moment, and again, Chrissy Metz, very good actor, absolutely brings you to tears in this moment, but what she's really saying is, I don't understand, my kid's so much more important than all the other ones. Right? She, she's a good enough actor to bring a tear to your eye, but that's what she's saying. There's like an evil problem here. <laughs> like an entire problem of evil, I guess you could say. I would call it a whole... We'll come up with it. I'm going to pray away the lack of oxygen. Uh, there you go. That's you a go. reference to our show. That wasn't a weird boo that that guy just... <laughs> Someone jingled keys just now, and a third of the audience were like, Stop interrupting the comedy! They're going to squish the banana. (laughs) All right. So mom tries a variety of magic words and spells, and eventually she hits on the right one that unkills John. Dear God of hemoglobin, really need you to ramp it up. Really need you. Holy shit, he's got a pulse. Yep. Uh, Sorry. um, And also, just quick thing. Dear regular God, you probably heard that. Uh... Sorry, I went over your head with the hemoglobin guy. <laughs> Science was over your head. Uh, right. it's, um, it makes me sound dumb. Okay, so now there's this moment. So, okay, they've got to airlift him to another hospital because just in the next town over is the best drowning guy in the world. I'm sorry. St. Louis, Missouri has the best blank guy in nothing. Yes, yes. False. Yes. No. The, he is the foremost expert in drowning. I wanted so badly for them to flash cut over to him and just be like, yeah, that got drowned. <laughs> I wanted they, him to be laying at the bottom of an ocean dead. <laughs> they bring a guy over covered in sand. <laughs> Not drowned. <laughs> bring over a guy in, on fire. Not, Not drowned. drowned. Not drowned. Three for three. Foremost expert. Foremost expert in drowning. <laughs> Also, there's this great moment because Chrissy Metz is a very large woman. There's this great moment where they have to airlift him and it plays like, because the way it's supposed to be is she's scared to get on the plane, but she loves her son, so, or on the choppers, but she loves her son so much that she'll get over her fear of flying. But the way it plays is that the pilot's going like, you sure you wouldn't want to drive in a car? <laughs> um, this movie is daring us to make fat jokes. They will not win. <laughs> Even when the helicopter pilot blocks the door with his body and is like, please, we can't do it. We got to borrow a thing from the zoo, Christy. I don't want to. 
there's a shot of it flying away, tilted. I, what were we not going to do again, Eli? I we are not. That's what I said. We're not making those jokes. We're so. better than that. So she buys two tickets to the helicopter. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, so now we cut to the other hospital. Pastor Topher Grace is already there to help her. So they start bitching about whether his approach to Christianity is too modern. There could not be a worse time. <laughs> yeah, so just, uh, I know this is a weird time to do it, but your pastor style really leaves something to be desired. We're going to talk about it now. Yeah. yeah. No, my son's dying, but a rapper in church, she, a goddamn rapper. She actually says that in the movie. She's like, I was very uncomfortable with the rapper. E- the rapper was ridiculous. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, her, her, her mouth didn't move to rapper, but that's what the word we heard. <laughs> rapper. Rapper. <laughs> oh, All right. So now this was an amazing moment for me personally in the theater because the guy that does the Allstate commercial plays the doctor in this. <laughs> so I so spent the- this whole movie waiting for him to turn to us and be like, did your kid die? <laughs> That's why you've got all stayed. So, so here we are in the theater. It's me and Heath and like nine Christian couples on dates. And he walks out and I turn to Heath and I say, don't worry, he's in good hands. <laughs> and the no lady, got in trouble. No the lady got in trouble. right behind me laughed and was mad at me because she laughed for the rest of the fucking night. <laughs> it's not an appropriate time to be making jokes. Used but, up my laugh for the year. <laughs> Are you laying across four seats still? Yeah, I am. And that was funny. So the doctor comes. He's the foremost expert in drowning, I guess. He says... All right, so I have good news for you. Uh, your son, if he survives, will have severe mental retardation. But don't worry, he won't survive. His brain's all, like, iced up and shit. <laughs> I'm the foremost expert in this. We're going to euthanize him later. It's cool. <laughs> I'm an atheist. But it's okay. She explains to him that her son is a fighter, and I wanted so badly... In one of these Christian movies for the doctor to just be like, oh, shit, he's a fighter? I was just kind of coasting, but yeah, I'm going to try now. Yeah, I'll ramp it up. (laughs) Didn't realize I was doing medical, emergency medical treatment on a fighter. Yes. Why am I even here? (laughs) Here, you take the coat. There are 11 times in this movie where I want a doctor to do that to her. No, here, you got the stethoscope and the coat. You go. You know better than I do. Because, yeah, this is when the mom gives the doctor a quick pep talk. She says, you're the best in the world at what you do. He's like, I work in Missouri. I do have a Nobel Prize in drowning. (laughs) But it is Missouri. So... All right, so we cut over to the waiting room for a minute just to see how many people love John and have come to, uh, to help take care of him. And then we head home with one of the... Okay, so the first doctor to give up on him, the non-Allstate guy doctor, is coming home uh, to his family, 
This guy's daughter, follow me here, this doctor's daughter is John's crush from school, right? So he gets home, and the, the little girl runs out, and she's like, oh, I heard that John had an accident. Is he okay? And he's like, he isn't dead. And she's like, so he's going to survive? And the doctor's like, oh, no, no, whoa, whoa. You're misquoting here. No, honey, you really don't understand daddy's job. I work in an emergency room, okay? None of them are okay. <laughs> None of them. If it's not a Jewish mom just freaking out over nothing, none of them are okay, honey. <laughs> Don't look away. Orphan. <laughs> so, but, that, but the little girl's like, but mom said there was a miracle. And he's like, I mean, he's going to die slower now, right? I guess. But there, could... there was a miracle. My science just got flat out beat by magic. Yep. That's real. <laughs> yep. I'm the, the world's foremost expert in Missouri-based Science. <laughs> Science is wrong here in Missouri. Yeah. That's the message of the movie. All right. So now we have to cut back to the firehouse where we can see Luke Cage again. Everybody's sure worried about that kid that they saved. Um, and this is where Luke Cage turns to the chief and he's like, you know, they're like, ah, oh, you know, Luke Cage, you saved that kid's life. And uh, the, the Luke Cage says, well, I wouldn't have ever uh, found him if the chief hadn't told me to go back. And the chief's like, I didn't say that. And he's like, wait, does that mean I'm some kind of uh, firefighter prophet? He's <laughs> like, no, no, that's a different, yeah, different totally movie. different movie there. He legit, it's like they're all workshopping and he's like, okay, yeah, maybe I misheard someone or just thought to myself, go back and was panicked in the moment. Or, or, hear me out, Palestinian rabbi from 2000 years ago. <laughs> I feel like I feel like God could have been more specific. You know, he could have said, like, no, to the left, to the left. Getting warmer, warmer. So now we get a quick sad. Or not killed the child. Well, there was a lot of options. A lot of various options. You're a God. All right, yeah, yeah. He could have given him water walking powers. He could have parted the seas. He had a lot of shit in his quiver there. <laughs> All right, so now we get a quick sadness montage. The title card informs us that it's been 18 hours since the accident. Um, and so we, we pick the action back up post-sadness montage with Mom and Topher still arguing about the right way to turn people to the Lord, <laughs> right? This is, this is where she really goes off on the idea of having a rapper at church, and he goes, look, I'm just trying to make God cool for the kids because if there's one thing an omnipotent being needs, it's as much help as he can get. <laughs> so at this point, the doctor comes in, uh, Dr. Allstate. He comes in and he goes, yeah, he lived. Now you're going to make a fucking movie about this, aren't you? <laughs> She's you're already sending book. out pitch scripts. Not maybe wait until he survives. Sorry, can't hear you. <laughs> the orphan that lived longer. <laughs> the orphan that lived even longer than that. <laughs> so. And then he's like, great magic lady, by the way. I got to admit, great magic. Oh, just quick question. Um, why aren't you like, you know, you're an evil wizardess who can do that. Why don't you help all our other patients? Right. 
You're in a hospital right now. You could just be going room to room. That's the best all take on this movie ever. They just bring her into another room with a dead body. All right, come on, for science. (laughs) (laughs) I passed out. Credits. All right, well, as hard as this is to believe, that's the big ending on Act 2, as near as I can tell. This movie has no more stakes to add. So we're going to take a quick break here, but first let me give Act 3 the hard sell. Will John survive? Who's feeding their fucking dog? (laughs) Why aren't the mothers of the 770 children here who die from drowning more pious? (laughs) Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the cheese corn conclusion of... Breakthrough. Hey, Noah, what's the matter? Uh, It's this computer, man. Building a website is impossible. Why don't you just try Wix.com? What's Wix.com? It's the easiest and best way to make your idea a reality. Wait, is that the thing you started, like the... uh, the Soap petting zoo. Okay, first of all, that was a great idea until it rained. No, it it really wasn't. Second of all, no, this is not my idea. Over 140 million people use Wix for their website. You can start and publish for free. They have over 500 awesome templates to choose from. And if drag and drop is too much for you, they have an awesome website builder tool. Okay, but who do I drag and where do I drop them? I don't know the... Exactly. So whether you're planning to build a website to prank the skeptic of the year, looking to start your business, or just planting the first clue in an elaborate scavenger hunt that you've been interweaving into your podcast for the last five years, you can get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash podcast to get 10% off. Wix.com slash podcast. All right, I'll give that a try. Good thinking. All right, now, I'm sorry, what did you say about the scavenger hunt? Don't worry about it. It's not no, a- I'm, I'm worried about it, though. Don't. No. But don't. Please don't. So I think the best thing we can do Excuse is- me, doctor! Oh, oh, very sorry, ma'am. Uh, we didn't realize that you were there. Well, I am. And from this forward moment, there will be no negative talk in front of my son. No talk of death or dying. My son is a fighter. And he is going to recover. No talk of okay. work. Okay. I, get, I, I, don't, I don't know how we're... Okay, okay fine, fine, fine. Fine. Two days later. My baby! Oh, he's fighting less hard now. <laughs> yep. Seems like he is in a life t- lifetime out. Oh, good, good, yeah. Okay, doctor, I understand. Uh, he's, um, uh, life challenged. Yep. Life. Uh, so I guess I'll call it time uh, of not life, 2.37 a.m. Yeah, got it, got it. You guys did great. <laughs> he's an orphan. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, by all means. By all means. And when we last left off, John had barely survived the night, and now we're going to pick up that thread again with the news finding out about this wonderful, almost-but-not-quite-dead kids story. The newscaster is like... Hi, I'm a newscaster. A kid fell through the ice, and they did a bunch of that doctor bullshit. Total waste of time. But then... 
His mom showed up and prayed. <laughs> Back to you, other real journalists. Yes. <laughs> So, and then we have to, we have to check in with Topher Grace having breakfast with his family because he had a demand for a certain amount of screen time or something. This scene serves no purpose. No. They're, uh, the kids, the, he's got two young kids, a young son and young daughter, and they're saying like, dad, I don't understand what your job is. Why did you go to the hospital? And I'm like, kids, it's not going to make more sense as you grow older. Most stuff does. This is not one of those things. Let me explain. Dad had a hard time in high school, right? But <laughs> oh, girls weren't interested anyway, and so I just thought, all right, pastor, why not? And it all sort of flew out of control, and I met your mom, and she really sunk her hooks in, son. <laughs> I mean, sunk her hooks in. And then she was pregnant, and we were married, and I just woke up one morning lying to people about a 6,000-year-old book made up of old morality tales. So I went to the hospital for some PR, and it's not working out. <laughs> I mean, I was called. I was called to the mission. <laughs> can, I, can I try a metaphor? Do you, do you all know what a metaphor is? <laughs> I'm asking. Do you know what a metaphor is? Yeah, Daddy, we do. Oh, you do? Okay, because my, jo my job's based on a failed metaphor. I don't, I don't know. Just <laughs> Move on. Next scene. <laughs> all right, so the next scene will be back at the firehouse. Uh, Donnie, that's uh, Luke Cage, he's really struggling with this hearing voices in his head thing for all the wrong reasons. So the chief shows up to put a positive spin on it. He's like, look, man, the odds of you finding that kid without God's intervention are a million to one. I did the math. That means it should happen about once every three years based on the number of kids that drown. Anyway, so the, the, the firefighter, he goes, either I'm nuts or ellipses and the fire chief comes in or says and says or god's talking to you like those are two ways of saying the same thing bro <laughs> those are those are synonyms i so wanted one it to continue. circle is not a venn diagram man <laughs> i so wanted that to continue though he's just like maybe god's speaking to me and he puts his hand on his back and he's like yeah man maybe he is he's like he wants me to shit in the wendy salad bar oh <laughs> We need you to cut the communication. No. No, he was pretty clear that Adnan did it. I just know. Oh, God. He told me to take revenge. So. All right, wait. We're coming up on my favorite line in the whole fucking movie. So... Topher and dad are hanging out at the hospital together. And basically the dad's going like, hey, this is my kid surviving. That's bullshit, right? God can't do that. And Topher's like, yeah, it's nonsense. And the dad says, and I quote, look, I've researched hundreds of drowning cases, hundreds of them. Nobody in John's situation has ever survived. <laughs> it's been 19 hours. In the last 19 hours, Dad has researched hundreds of drowning cases. Where's that study montage? Just push it to the limit. <laughs> limit, standing on the razor's edge. Don't get nothing again, don't get ahead, and you can win it. For those listening push at home, to Eli is mimicking drowning a child on his own. It's... 
I want to know how that research went so bad. <laughs> Just a list on Wikipedia. Dead kid. Dead kid. Dead kid. <laughs> Page down. Fuck. Dead kid. No one who's ever drowned to death has ever survived. They die. Whoa. <laughs> And then we get this another great moment uh, where okay, so mom's in the uh, in the bathroom at the hospital. She's checking her her diabetes, checking her blood sugar, and these doctors all come in and don't realize she's in the next room, and they're all going like, "This kid's this is a fucking waste of time. This kid's like to build that wall. I mean, fuck. What is why are <laughs> as, we as one of the millions of atheist nurses in Missouri? <laughs> I'm thinking we euthanize the kid." <laughs> I mean, we need death panels, is what I'm saying. The extent to which everyone in the background of this movie is constantly going, oh, that kid ain't going to make it, is amazing. <laughs> All right, so she comes out of the bathroom and rips them a new one. This is, uh, we alluded to it in the uh, interstitial skit. This is where she says that they will speak no negative words around her son. Sorry, I'm thinking we unlife the kid. <laughs> But so, but again, this is the insidious message in this movie, right? Because this message tells you over and over again, if the doctors tell you your kid's going to die, you tell them how to do their damn jobs, right? That is the, the message over and over again. And of course, buried within that message is if your kid is almost dead and the doctors tell you he's going to die and then he goes ahead and dies, it's your fault, right? That's the other insidious message that underpins this entire thing. Yeah. If you're a doctor or a nurse or an EMT or any kind of rescue worker, this movie just made your job hell for like three months. Three months, you're going to get side tackled by some lady. Unbreakable! Or what's the movie called? Breakthroughs! I will anoint him with oils! <laughs> just trying to put an oxygen mask on the kid. She's sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this in a movie. <laughs> All right, so she heads home to get her insulin for a minute so that she can walk around the house being sad. I feel like the hospital would have had some of that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Do they not carry insulin? <laughs> well, and just in case we didn't hate her enough yet, um, she's like, uh, she gets home and she's like, oh, right, the dog. There was no reason to have this scene. The only reason to have this scene is to make the characters unlikely. She's like, <laughs> she sees the dog and she's like, oh, you must not have eaten in days. And all of our notes are just like, fuck this woman. <laughs> we will find you. <laughs> so she goes in and she gets her insulin. She goes into John's room to have the mopey sads. Um, but then she gathers up all his basketball uniform and his Air Jordans because apparently that's part of the magic spell or something. And I thought she was going to, like, dress him up and try and take... I was just going to say, that would be an awkward game of basketball. Hey, everybody, look, it's John. Oh, uh, Mrs. D, maybe you should nope. take it. Nope, John is here for basketball. Let's do this. I don't... I don't think this Basketball, is a ball. Let's go. All right. He shoots. He. It, this, nice try, John. Nice try. Almost. This is a bummer. Foul. <laughs> Guys, this is my job. <laughs> That's stupid. 
Yeah, so she goes back to the hospital. She looks over John. She goes like, I brought your Jordans. I so want her to be like, well, if no one else is going to wear this Mike, uh, Michael Jordan jersey, I guess I'll have to put it on. Sits straight out of bed. No! <laughs> oh, oh, this is the moment where they have the hand squeezy thing? Yes. Okay. So this woman is convinced, apparently, that at some point while her child was in a coma, he was communicating with her by squeezing her hand. Even in the movie, the doctors say, no, that just kind of happens. It's like an involuntary thing. And they're like, fuck you. What do you know? But more importantly, the movie demonstrates that it wasn't repeatable, right? They bring the doctor in the room and he's like, all right, fine. John, squeeze my hand. And she's like, go on, squeeze his hand, honey. And he doesn't do it. And he's just like. Well, this is a bummer, okay. isn't it? <laughs> Squeeze zero times if you're alive. <laughs> Stay in a medical coma if your favorite basketball player is Michael Jordan. <laughs> Steph Curry runs right. onto set. He loves Steph Curry. He loves Steph Curry. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, they have the whole moment. Her and the pastor you know, ask him questions and he squeezes their hands or whatever. Um, and then they have to have, of course, again, the doctor has to say, well, you know, involuntary muscle spasms are very common with patients in a coma, but they have to make that guy evil, right? So he's like, probably a spasm. You're fat. <laughs> Fuck you. God's dead. <laughs> so is your so kid. Your kid. <laughs> there's actually a, uh, there's a great conference in Cincinnati this weekend. <laughs> And you're making me late. Come on. <laughs> Let's unplug your pudding cup. <laughs> All right. What religion is God? Squeeze for Christian. Fuck. Uh, squeeze for Mormon. Mother fuck. Jewish squeeze. Wait, get the fuck out of here. God damn it. All right. You all knew it. Doesn't count. So, all right, so now mom heads to the waiting room where all John's friends are here to support him and everything. And I just love this moment. Her mom sees the mother of the other two kids he was jumping around on the ice with. She cuts right through the room. She turns to this woman and she says, apropos of nothing, this is how she opens the conversation. She goes, Chrissy, it wasn't your fault. And the, yeah, right, she's like, I didn't say that it was. Why would... I was actually oh. facing the other direction and you <laughs> turned me around and said it's not my fault. I'm sorry, you were apologizing? No, I was just... <laughs> orphan. <laughs> you owe me an orphan. <laughs> and that's... One orphan, please. <laughs> Got it. Do you have Amazon Prime? I do. I would like it by Tuesday. What's your Amazon day? So Not Tuesday, liar. <laughs> All right, so, and then, of course, elsewhere in the waiting room, somebody's going, whisper, 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 John's so going to die, and there is no God. Whisper, whisper, whisper. But it was like, can I talk to you over here next next to this bullhorn? John's going to super duper die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. I noticed a bunch of living boys in your class. Do you like any? <laughs> Maybe you like one of the living ones. So then, of course, she has to yell at everyone in the, uh, in the waiting room and say, my son's not going to die. And at this point, Heath starts cracking up laughing. So then she turns to chastise Heath a little bit, too. And you shouldn't be laughing at this. This is very serious. Fuck you. You're taking up four seats. Whatever. So 
You're laying across. That's ridiculous. Go ahead. So now dad uh, pulls mom aside to tell him what a bitch she's being. And again, this makes like in, in real life, I'm sure that was a very appropriate thing for dad to do. In this movie, it makes no sense. I feel like maybe the writers were just sick and tired of the woman this was based on. And they're like, let's write a scene about what a bitch she is. <laughs> she might as well be like, help, help, my son's on fire. Okay, yelling. <laughs> All of us are perfectly calm right now. <laughs> maybe you can learn my name. My name is Alan, by the way. Hi, Alan. How are you? Help, help, my son is dying. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Grab John's hand. Squeeze any number from zero to 100 for mom is mentally ill. Yeah. <laughs> zero. Well, yeah, because at this point, the, like, the dad's like, hey, you need to calm down. These people are trying to help. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you pray our son back to life? No. That was me. Me. Wanted so badly for a doctor to just pop up behind her. It was actually neither of you. <laughs> Do you remember the scene where I was poking him in the chest <laughs> and all that stuff and the drugs and we zapped him? And Magic! The... Okay. <laughs> I'll be in the other room doing other medicine. <laughs> all right. So now we cut to 42 <laughs> hours after the accident. They the, see... <laughs> they think you're going to make a timeline. They thought we had some yard book. and some, some pish pins and I was like, wait, wait, wait. How many hours have... Okay, it's they're okay. telling us. All right. All right. <laughs> Keeping track of this movie. Now, this is probably the weirdest aside that the movie has, right? Because uh, Pastor Topher Grace comes in to check on mom, and mom's in a diabetic coma. Yeah, right. But then, three seconds later, she's fine. So they're like, oh, we need another conflict. Never mind. We don't. No, I, no, I just remember fine. we had a dead, dying kid. That's enough. Do you want us to amputate your feet? Squeeze zero times. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Slam. Of course, my, my nose are just, okay, if that didn't matter, couldn't the movie just be five minutes shorter? No? No. All right, fuck us then, I guess. We can leave five minutes early if you want. <laughs> it's like, like the movie's trying to get us out after a dinner party. Well, <laughs> I'm in a diabetic coma. Another game of Risk? Mm. <laughs> I really like Risk. More to me a pizza, though. Squeeze um, one for yes. <laughs> so, all right, but she gets exiled, right? The doctor says, hey, you're stressed out too much. You have to spend at least five hours away from your son. So Topher decides that he's going to hang out with her in exile so that she can have some one-on-one -on -one time with him and tell him all about the kids she gave up for adoption when she was 18 and how she never forgave herself. Yeah, it's a terrible What's thing to do. What's great is Topher Grace has that exact same response. She's like, you don't understand, Pastor. I gave my son up for adoption. And he's like... <laughs> and... Oh, that was it. That's that was it, your huh? thing. Oh. So, okay, but I now... Was in, who? I was in Spider-Man. He's going to be Venom. It's been a while. I was going to be Venom. <laughs> All right, so now she has to head out to the roof to have a chat with God, which if you're an experienced Christian movie viewer, you realize that means, oh, we're almost done. Yeah, we're almost done. We're almost there. Yeah. Relax, we're fucking not. <laughs> we're not. They have so many extras. Oh, my God. It goes, it's like, the, it ends like Lord of the Rings. So, yeah. so she has to apologize to God for being so prideful. And then she says, but I surrender to you, God. 
And you can tell that God really like was buying into our surrendering because suddenly out of nowhere and inexplicably it gets windier and and more snow during winter in St. Louis. Louis. And you can only imagine what that scene was like in heaven, right? Sarah, Sarah, get in here. Uh, yes, Mr. God. You see that lady down there? I drowned her kid, and she was mean to people in the hospital, but now she's surrendering to me. Nice. Nice. Uh, so, you want to throw a fireball? No. What am I doing? No, no, no. I was thinking some dramatic snow, you know. Really set the scene for surrender and purity and peace. Hmm. So, armpit dandruff? Yeah, really go to town. I'll go to town. Really down. Just get in there. Get in there. Don't stop. Love it. Pull my hair. Twist it. Pull my hair. Eat some. <laughs> Eat some. You get it. I have very dry skin. You killed the Woo girls with I'm very dry skin. Our whole Woo section left as one. Listener at home, they all got up, they all pushed their chairs back, and they walked out making (laughs) hard eye contact with Heath and shaking their heads no. (laughs) All right, so now that mom surrendered to God, she goes back down to check on on her son, and the doctor says... You know, I'm worried that the medicine that we're using is actually just making him worse. It's like science is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so then mom says, well, why don't you just take him off all the drugs and let God handle it? To which Dr. Allstate goes, why, that's so crazy. It just might work. You're good. I'm carrying the fucking team over here with my prayer. <laughs> Let's do this. I so wanted a flash cut to them just like flumping this sleeping kid out the window. All right. We've stopped all medical care. Oh, yeah, he's dead. (laughs) Well, then be more specific next time. (laughs) Orphan. But now... (laughs) Well, but see, here's the thing, though. If they're going to not use any medicine, they're going to need more prayer than mom has to offer, right? So they need to call upon all of St. Louis to pray. So they come on the news... And the newscaster says, if this child is going to survive, we'll need all of you to pray. We have a montage of people all over St. Louis praying. You got some cops beating up a black guy. They stop. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, the we, local news is on. <laughs> yes. We're all watching. We together. all watch the local news. This is serious. It's 2014. Of course we do. And as a matter of fact, the one person, though, that we see in this montage that doesn't pray is Luke Cage. Right, he thinks about it. He's like, that's dumb. (laughs) I did the stick thing. I think I'm good. (laughs) All right. So mom and dad and Topher are standing over the kid praying, and then suddenly a bit of Jesus magic wafts in through the open window in the hospital in January in St. Louis. What the fuck were they thinking? And we start to hear, I don't know that I've ever heard Heath laugh this loudly before. There's a little singing outside as though the peanuts were going to save that Christmas tree after all. And 
It starts off with that one black girl from the school. And Shayla! She, yeah, Shayla makes it come The back. founder of jazz. She invented jazz. <laughs> yep. And then the whole crowd cuts in, and they are perfectly harmonized. And, and they brought a uh, pit orchestra. Yes! It's invisible. It's Where an invisible pit it? orchestra. They brought one. <laughs> Wanted a flash cut to that. Honey, grab your cello. We're praying for the dead kid. <laughs> That's a drowning kid. <laughs> we need a cello. Uh, I really wanted the rapper to start rapping at this point. And then mom's just like yelling ethnic slurs out the window. <laughs> no! Stop praying that way! <laughs> Shayla? <laughs> All right. All right. And there's this enormous awkward silence after they finish the song, too. And it was just like, we only practiced one song. <laughs> so, bye? Yeah. So, when I had you to myself, I didn't want you out. Sorry, I just thought she wanted another song. I thought she wanted another song. West Philadelphia, born and raised. where I spent most of my days. I love, that's the only rap song Heath could think of. Hey, he really hold is. on, I got this. No, please, for our career. Go ahead, please. <laughs> Fuck, please, let's All just right. keep doing a podcast, man. So, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start to Fire is a rap song, sort of. <laughs> Shit. What? Some would call it the first rap song. That's right, we said it. Subterranean Homesick Blues, Bob Dylan. I can't. You can't even do a song you know as a rap. Wow. Damn it. All right, so the next morning... Mom fell asleep by the hospital bed. She wakes up, and Tommy, the firefighter, uh, Luke Cage, is, like, standing in the, in the doorway. Mom sees him, and he runs off like she caught him masturbating over the kid or something. <laughs> um, he runs off, and the, the uh, mom chases him down. She's like, hey, thank you so much. I haven't had a chance to thank you for harpooning my son. And he's like, hey, it's my job. Just doing my, just doing my job. You did the magic, but uh, should I just bring kids straight to you from now you Right. No? Earlier you did the, mm, nothing happened. Okay, that's fine. So, all right, so now it's 72 hours after the accident, and they're ready to take him off all the hospital stuff. Mom's freaking out, right, because he starts having, like, seizures and stuff. The doctor says, don't worry, this is the normal process. I want to remind you, earlier in the movie, they told us several times, no one has ever survived anything like this. There cannot then be a normal process for surviving it. I mean, people writhe before they die. Maybe that's what he meant. <laughs> it's a normal process of dying. This is pretty, this is pretty classic death. Let me show you. Freed up a bunch of machines. Thanks for that pretty, suggestion. Pretty soon he's going to piss himself. Yeah, piss Is himself. Is that a fucking demon? No, I just explained it a second ago. I said the right... It's Orphan. So, so, but okay. Now, he can't wake up yet, though, because we have to go artsy. So, apparently we had to. So... They do this weird, like, drowning movie. He's laid in a hospital bed. And the water starts rising over top of him, and he has to swim for his life. They have that whole five damn minutes of my what life that I'll never get back. But anyway, he wakes up. It's a miracle. Hooray. Was- he wakes up. But that's not the dramatic tension of the scene. The dramatic tension of the scene is, is he going to be like... 
<laughs> so this whole movie has this horrifying moment of ableism where they're like, oh, your son's alive. And she's like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> alive, shmalive. I'm not sitting at the front of a baseball game for the next 26 years. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Who's the president? Barack Obama. Good. Now we can celebrate. All right. Yes, come on, right, John, right. Go. Now we can be happy. <laughs> so, so, oh, the, the good old days. All right. So now everybody at the school is celebrating his recovery. Dr. Allstate just can't figure it out. There's this amazing moment where the, the nurse comes in and it's just, I checked. He's negative for lung bacteria. The doctor goes, check again. She says, I did. <laughs> well, then it would have been better for you to say, I checked twice, Karen. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, I don't feel like even theoretically one's lungs can be free of bacteria. Can they in a living person? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know lungs. All right. You scientists are nerds. You don't know anything. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. Fuck Meet you. me outside for a pray off, nerds. Ready? Go. <laughs> I'm shitting. <laughs> my wish came true so alright so, my head explodes call back how was AA Con? All right, so they're doing this comedy show. We don't watch the movie. They just talk about it. One point, they're yelling orphan, and then the guy's head exploded. <laughs> it was weird. Remember Bud Dwyer? <laughs> so, so Ooh, thank you for remembers Bud Dwyer. One guy, our Bud Dwyer guy. Meet us after the show. We got some deep cuts for you. All right, so Dr. Allstate is amazed, right? Like, John is recovering too well. So he has to take mom aside and say, look, I'm a doctor. I know all the doctor stuff. This was definitely Jesus. Yep. Had to have been Jesus. You'll remember I'm the number one ranked doctor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In Missouri. <laughs> so... All right, now the whole school shows up because they're all excited that John's okay. Even his little crush is there. And at this point, all my notes are, do, do we have to watch him live the rest of his life now? I would like the movie to be over. <laughs> well, okay, so my favorite part of this is that, like, all the friends show up and then they part and the little crush girl is standing in the back after, they, after the crowd parts and she walks forward. So they had to, like... They had to do blocking on this, right? She's like, okay, now you guys kind of fill in the middle, and I will come in. I'll do a little sexy hair flip, and then that's, that'll be your cue to split apart. So that happens. I'm 12 and sexy. <laughs> I wanted them to be confused about who his crush was, and so two girls are standing there just like, oh, you thought it was you. Oh. <laughs> well, then, of course, this is a Christian movie, so they have a nice romantic... Side hug, right? Mm -hmm. So now we cut to two weeks later because, yes, Eli, we do have to watch him live the rest of his life out. And I want to point out, okay, he's getting out of the hospital two weeks later. That means he wasn't fine, right? It means God did like 12% of the job, right? 
They got, God just turned to the doctors. He's like, oh, you guys got it from here. He just spent 13 more days rubbing it in. I sure am great. <laughs> I'm going to walk through the ICU one more time. <laughs> Look at all these corpses. Now, my EMTs get it. So, I didn't make the world. You do, though. You do. You get it. All right, so now somehow this movie's still not over. we got to go back to school with him, and there's this amazing moment. Okay, this is my favorite mo moment in the film. So he's talking to the teacher, and he's like, oh, she's like, I'm sure glad you're back, John. And he's like, oh, thanks, Mrs. Teacher Lady. And she's like, oh, John, just one quick thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. What's up? Why did your God kill my husband? <laughs> <laughs> oh. That is, that uh... is... This I, much exaggeration, okay? He goes, he goes, she, she said, the teacher turns to the 14-year-old boy and says, why do you think God lets some live and others die? Like, my husband died. Yeah, uh, probably gay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Actually, that explains a lot like, now oh, that you mention it. Yeah, ne that explains, never mind, just, <laughs> bye. <laughs> You get an A. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, if you're wondering what the answer is, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Where were those keys? keys? Yeah, jingle them keys. keys. Yes. So, all right. So, but now he's kind of freaking out. You know, he's he's having a survivor's guilt and everything. So he he goes to run off from school. The bully kid is waiting for him outside. I love Bully. Bully Kid's like, hey, Survivor man, what's going on, Mr. Life? I hear you're alive. Uh, you could do better than that. You're not a very good bully. Liver, liver, chicken dinner. Doesn't even rhyme. Doesn't even rhyme. Live cereal. Doesn't all, nope. Mikey, he likes to live. <laughs> you're really stretching it. Smile, you've got consciousness. You, you should beat me up. <laughs> so, so John, I think we owe French's mustard some money now. That's going to be a weird day with Andrew where I can also, <laughs> do we owe French's mustard some money? Did we, did we make fun of French's mustard enough when I sang their jingle? Fucking French's mustard, am I right? <laughs> There you go. Satire fixed it. <laughs> Fuck you, French's mustard. We're sponsored by Dum Dums. <laughs> Dum Dums. The lollipop that knows it all goes black. <laughs> Allergen free since 1902. Dum Dums. <laughs> Catch it. The official. Why did we put allergens atheism. in it before now? <laughs> Someone at Dum Dums on Tuesday morning is going to be like, "We came up on Google. We came up on Google." <laughs> Nate, wake up! <laughs> wake up! <laughs> Someone mentioned it. <laughs> oh, Mom, I wish you'd live to see this day. <laughs> When your boy had a dream about an allergen-free, tasteless little lollipop. Dead child. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So John bikes away from school. He goes to the scene of the crime, and who should he see there but Luke fucking Cage? Now, 
there is supposed to be this impactful conversation that they have here, that the, the son and the firefighter, but the writers didn't have it in them. So it's just a lot of like, hey, thanks for saving me. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. With one catch. Mm-hmm. Because he puts so much pressure on this kid. He goes, yeah, I don't know why God saved you. I bet you're going to turn out to be pretty special and amazing, John. You think ha- so? Happy 12th birthday. Yeah. Yeah, he goes, he goes, I bet God has special plans for you. He's like, no, there's a breakfast club at the close. Uh, I go into the ministry, so that's, that's less than useless. You know what? I'm going to try to walk on this water right now. <laughs> Let's do this. He just falls on his face. Oh. All right, that, that was on me. You only get one. I you have your harpoon, right? Nope. <laughs> I didn't bring the stabby stick. <laughs> All right, but before we can get out of this movie altogether, we need to spend another moment at Topher's church, right? Do we? Apparently, we do. You said we could have left five minutes early, I guess. Fuck. Yeah. So, I hate this movie so much. Oh, it's really fucking bad. So, yeah, so Topher Grace is at the church, and he's like, I've got something very special for you today. Uh, one, of our, one of our kids almost drowned in this church, and... Uh, it saves me the trouble of uh, doing a whole big bachelor analogy. Yeah. This is pretty easy for me, actually. Why don't you guys just come up here and tell them all about God? I'd like to exploit this coma survivor for money right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Starting. Yes. Now, come on up, family. <laughs> Hi, everybody. These small statistical anomalies are really our bread and butter. Get on up here, John! <laughs> uh, John, we have a special surprise for you. It's everyone who didn't survive while you were in your coma. <laughs> Look at all these dum dums. <laughs> Show them the baseball stadium, Rich. <laughs> you have no idea what it took to get these corpses. And then, okay. <laughs> so wait, there's this amazing moment. Two walks around an ICU. <laughs> so there's this amazing moment though, where this movie almost gets it right, right? So Topher's in the church, and he's like. Uh, you know, John, I wanted you to meet some of the people that helped you to survive. Mm-hmm. Say, so will all the firefighters uh, in, the, in the crowd please stand up? And like nine firefighters stand up. And he's like, and will all the other, the EMTs that helped John please stand up? A bunch of EMTs stand up. And he's like, and will all the doctors at such and such hospital and all the doctors in this other hospital all stand up? And everybody stands up. And I'm like, all right, well, at least they're recognizing all the important people who played a role. He's like, now will everyone who pray also stand up? You did just as much. But there is a silver lining to this moment, which is that one guy in the church does not stand up. Just puts on his fucking MAGA hat. He's like, fuck that Mexican. (laughs) Hero among men is center frame in this $11 million budget movie just (laughs) <laughs> couldn't be bothered good luck get her done it was hemoglobin boo boo prayers hemoglobin give it up for hemoglobin one more time ooh ooh to God <laughs> alright and then final scene we have to see him playing basketball one more time so that we can learn that while he was in a coma he learned to be a less greedy basketball player <laughs> He learned to pass Incorrectly. <laughs> Incorrectly. Yes. It's so amazing. This is the final scene. They're so excited about it. It's supposed to be the big win. He 
passes the ball instead of shooting. But but he fucking travels very clearly. He go he he jumps to shoot, lands. You're not allowed to do that in case. And then passes. And then nine minutes later, he passes the ball. It's so good. It's supposed to be the big win, but it's really a goddamn turnover. It, it is. It, it's religion in a nutshell. <laughs> so perfect. Idiots. But I think the most important thing that we learned from this movie is that somewhere out there in Missouri, there's a diabetic lady that can pray children back to life and doesn't. So. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck this guy kids. gets it. This Fuck guy your gets kids. it. <laughs> you wish. So, okay. But now I don't want to just assume she's evil. So to close, I would like your theories on why she doesn't use that power for the, you know, for good. Oh, uh, she learned it by watching God. <laughs> She's exclusively a waterbender. <laughs> And we're taking a break from the live show for just a... I, no, no why, why do you sound like that? I wasn't shouting down a street preacher with a bullhorn at AA Con. You were. That's what you did despite the video <laughs> evidence. Anyway, that does it for our review of Breakthrough, but that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to entice you back for next week. So, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? Thank you, Tom Waits. We'll be watching <laughs> The Fool. Oh, great. The Ray Comfort movie, the one that we had the uh, the invite to that we turned down <laughs> for very good reasons. All right. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 192 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that helped make the show go. Oh, hey, oh Jesus. Just let me oh. do it. You sound, you sound like Cher after she dies. <laughs> If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn an early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us out a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email them to godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of p andrew torres and you know he regrets it tim robertson takes care of our social media our theme song was written and performed by ryan slotnick of evil giraffes on mars all of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer morgan clark and was used with permission thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week for heat then right no illusions i'm eli bosnick promising to work hard or not dunk next week until then we'll return to cincinnati for the breakfast club close william barr is a liar. <laughs> that one Christian dude that was in the elevator with me and 11 other conference attendees was extraordinarily uncomfortable. Terrified! Ray Comfort knows this happened. <laughs> Thank you so much, people! 
How many people saw this movie, by the way? Good, good, yeah. Glad that that was just a smattering of applause. Good. I feel, I feel so. People always walk up to me and before the live shows and they go, they say, "We just watched the movie." I feel so terrible about that. It's like that is not required viewing, folks. This movie has like ten million dollars of profit already. I think. Oh, shut up. God, we're not even through the opening weekend. Hey, Eli, are you going to have pants on when you... Okay, good. There he is. All right. I pitched the merch. Well done. Did you hear? Yeah, no, they can look as good as you look right now, Eli. Yeah, it's a sad day when you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm a little fat to play Ray Comfort. (laughs) Stop eating bread while your wife is asleep. (laughs) This is my room for that joke. Thank you. (laughs) The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.